Good morning, Nachum. Good Erev Shabbos, everybody, and well, good Erev Yom Tov, everybody. Today is a very special day, a day which is filled with the excitement of getting ready for this very special Shabbos, the Shabbos which is the Erev Pesach that is on a Shabbos, and which is going to take us to Mir Hashem tomorrow evening when we... Uh, begin the Yom Tov of Pesach. Let me try to go uh, in order with you. And where are we up to? Okay, last night we did Bedikas Chametz. And this morning what you are going to do, please God, is you're going to take those ten pieces of Chametz that you gathered from the Bedika from the search, as well as any other chametz that you might have uh, in terms of, quote, loose, that half a box of Cheerios, etc. And you're going to take it and hopefully bring it to your local Beis HaKnesses, where there's going to be a supervised fire, and you're going to uh, fulfill the practice of Beer chametz, burning of the chametz. Now, uh, we keep the same times, just that we keep in step and keep in shape, even though today is just 13 of Nisan. Tomorrow is the 14th, but since we cannot burn it on Shabbos, we burn it today. Usually we stop working by mid the day on Erev Pesach. Today we can work, today we can take haircuts. And here goes. We discussed last week at length the mitzvah of Shalosh Su'udos, so we're not going to go into that, but I just want to repeat again, everybody should try to make sure that you have this checklist done before uh, Shabbos. And that is number one. The roasting of the zroa. Number two, the roasting of the egg. Very quickly, why? Know what you're doing and why. We roast it before Shabbos, because if you forget to roast it today, you can roast it tomorrow night. But if you roast it tomorrow night, both the shank bone and the egg, which many people have the custom of doing, then you have to eat it on Sunday. And therefore, we roast. Why? Because you're allowed to cook on Yom Tov for Yom Tov if and when you're going to be eating and using it on Yom Tov. So we prepare the zroa, we prepare the egg, we, pre- we make the haroses, otherwise there's a problem of lisha, of kneading, uh, on, um, on, uh, <clears throat> on Yom Tov. And we also prepare the salt water, if you can, before Yom Tov. These four items are done. As well, open the boxes of matzah, as well, open the bottles of wine. Not simply to save time for, please God, Mozart uh, Shabbos, when we want to begin the Seder as quickly as possible, but that you shouldn't have to uh, go into all kinds of halach, additional halachi problems of opening up containers and bottles on Yom Tov. Good. Like I said, we went through this 
Tonight, Mirz Hashem, is your first Shabbos meal, as always, either with two uh, challah rolls or egg matzah. Tomorrow morning, we dive in early. Those who are eating chametz, make sure, number one, you split your meal, go for a walk in between, finish eating the chametz, by 10.31, if you follow the opinion of the Mugain of Ram. For those that uh, wish to follow uh, the opinion of the Vilna Gaon, you have until 10.57. And um, we, chametz, that might be left over, crumbs, any other small pieces of the chametz are flushed afterwards before 1148, and we recite at that time the Kol Chamira, which we would have said today, after the burning, today after the burning, we do not recite it. Tomorrow, when we flush afterwards, we recite that final Kol Chamira, whereby we renounce our ownership of any and all chametz, which we have not disposed of and have not seen, etc. Good. Take a nap tomorrow afternoon, but you don't have to announce that I'm taking the nap in order to stay up, because even that might be a form of hachana, preparation for the next day. Good. Here we are. We, please God, Hopefully in most community the shuls are open this year and we're so grateful for that and you're able to go. And the bottom line is that at Myriv t- tomorrow night we sing the Hallel because at the Seder we're going to be saying the Hallel without a bracha. So we say the Hallel, sing the Hallel in shul with a bracha tomorrow night before we come home to uh, conduct the Seder. Good. One should not start the Seder until shortly after 8 tomorrow evening because after all we don't want to step on Shabbos's toes. We can't start the Yom Tov until Shabbos is definitively over. Good. There is a custom that the one leading the Seder dons a kittel for this special occasion. The Nitziv writes that the reason for that is to remind us, as we do so many other things on tomorrow night at the Seder, reminding us of what life was like when we had a base hamigdash. And when they ate korbanos, they did so with a white gown. Therefore, our wearing the kittel not only for all the other reasons, but the beautiful reason of reminding us we had and will have, please God, the third base Hamigdash. Okay, ready to go with the Seder tomorrow night. It'll be my honor to review step-by-step with you, try to give you just a little pointer regarding each one. The first of the 15 steps of the Seder is Kadesh, whereby we recite Kiddush. But whereas Kiddush all year long, technically speaking, only one person has to drink, tonight Kiddush is not only embracing the Yom Tov, but tonight Kiddush is the first of the four cups of wine that everybody is, quote-unquote, obligated to drink.
Secondly, the Kiddush tomorrow night is that of Yak Nahaz. First, we welcome in the Yom Tov, and then we recite the Havdalah as part of the Kiddush. Yayin Kiddush, Neir, Havdalah, and then it closes with the bracha of Shehachianu. We don't use a Havdalah candle tomorrow night. Two candles over which the Yom Tov candles have been lit um, are brought to the table. They don't have to necessarily be put together. Uh, the two wicks, just having the two candles together is sufficient. We recite the bracha of Borei Miorei Ha'esh as part of the Havdalah. Now, second thing is, aside from everybody drinking the amount, normally on a regular Friday night, all one has to drink is a Malolugamov, which is a cheekful. Here, understand the following. Tonight, Shabbos Kiddush, the cup should hold ideally a little bit more than four ounces because we are strict because Kiddush tonight, Shabbos, is from the Torah. And we take the more stringent view of what a Revius is a little bit more than four ounces. Tomorrow night already, Kiddush is the Rabbanon, is rabbinic. So even a cup that holds 3.3 ounces would be sufficient. Very hard to find such a cup. So let me just tell you very quickly regarding all four cups. Try to get yourself a cup which has approximately four ounces and you don't have to drink the entire cup. You just have to drink a little bit more than half of the cup. That's number one. Ideally, you should drink the entire cup. I speak especially to the women now. Don't be afraid to use wine. Remember, when you go to a Lachayim, they don't serve grape juice. Wine is the celebratory drink. And tonight, we are toasting Hashem four different times. Thank you, Hashem. Thank you, Hashem. Thank you, Hashem. Thank you, Hashem. For the various stages of redemption that Hashem performed on our behalf. Therefore, if you can use all wine, and it's not too late, get yourself a low alcohol wine. The wine could be as low as, if you can find a three, fine, but at least 4% alcohol, which is not so much. And if that's too much for you, mix it with grape juice. So, half wine, half grape juice, there'll still be a little bit of the kick of the alcohol. That would be the ideal. Okay, if one cannot do that, then by all means, grape juice. And uh, uh, we drink the wine, everybody leaning to the left. The reason for this is aristocracy in the days of the Talmud leaned. The Romans, Yemach Shemam, leaned. That's the way they ate. They had couches whereby they were reclining on the left, little tables, and that's the way they ate nobility. When we left Egypt, we went not simply from slaves to free men, we went from slaves to to B'nai Malachim, to aristocrats. Ah, So basically what we are saying to the Romans and all our enemies over the years, we have outlived you. It's a very 
significant and important part. But when you um, drink the four cups, you should do so ideally leaning to the left. Okay, we move on to urchats. We wash our hands without a bracha. A, to arouse the curiosity of the young. B, as I mentioned a moment ago, that we are reenacting as we did on the, when we had a Beis Hamikdash. When we had a Beis Hamikdash, one who was going to eat a fruit or vegetable which was wet, as we are going to eat the karpas immediately after washing our hands, a vegetable in salt water, our fingers are deemed by our rabbis to be tomeot, to be impure, and therefore we wash away the impurity from our fingers. Otherwise, what would happen? With our fingers, which are impure, we would impart, because water is a conductor of tumor, we would impart some of the impurity to the vegetable. And we don't want to do this tonight, because we conduct ourselves as if we had a Beis Hamikdash, when we were very uh, concerned about Tumantara, and please God, when we will have the third Beis Hamikdash. We eat the, uh, the vegetable, and the custom is not to lean for the karpas. Okay, uh, next. Um, so the urchats we watched without a bracha. Oh, most important, don't use a fork. If you're going to use a fork, you're undermining the whole purpose of washing. Put your fingers in the salt water with the vegetable and then make the bracha, borei pri adama. Good. After that comes yachatz. We break the middle matzah. Matzah, my friends, has two themes to it, two character. The first theme of matzah is that it's lechem oni, the bread of affliction, the bread that we ate in Egypt, says the Sapurno, when we were slaves. That same matzah is also a sign of freedom. On our way out, the Egyptians hurried us out. Don't tarry and don't wait. I, we said we have to bake our bread. They said, get out, get out. And so therefore, we left without a bread even becoming chametz. So the matzah on the way out is our symbol of freedom. We break the matzah because number one, the poor man's bread, the poor man breaks his bread. But again, we're breaking these two different symbols and the bigger half we put away for the afikoman. Remember, that's the sign of our freedom. Please God, of the future geula that's going to come. Magid, all right, we're about to, listen carefully now, we fill the second cup, and listen carefully now, we are about to fulfill one of two unique biblical mitzvahs for this night, namely the mitzvah of Haggadah, of telling the story of um, Sipur Yitzias Mitzrayim. All year long, every night, every morning, we say at the end of the third paragraph of Shema, Ani Hashem Elokeichem, that God is the one who took us out of Egypt, period. That's simply that we acknowledge that Hashem took us out. Tonight and tomorrow night, we tell the story, number one, to others. Number two, in elaboration. Number three, in explaining um, the mitzvot of the night, Pesach, Matzah, and Moror. 
Okay. I don't have to tell you. By now you know, make sure you have a Haggadah that speaks your language, that speaks to you, that inspires you. It's not simply a question of zipping through the reading of the Haggadah to get to the meal. No, you should realize that you yourself literally went through this experience. Now I don't have to tell you. Everybody should just pause at your Seder at different times and reflect as to where and how your Seder was this year and as gradual but grateful that we are. Sheikh Yano, that we're here for this another Seder. Thank God. And that many of us slowly, gradually, having had uh, hopefully the vaccine, are able to join with some family, with some friends, and that's something for which we are so grateful for. Use the Gada as a springboard, springboard for further discussion, that different aspects of the actual Gada should inspire us to uh, speak about our history, to speak about our destiny, and to speak about you know how privileged we are. The closing part of the Magid is the teaching Mishnah of Rabbi Gamliel, who, who says that unless a person actually explains why, what is the significance of the Pesach, we don't point to it, but the shank bone on your Seder plate, which represents the Korban Pesach, we explain the significance of Pesach, God's passing over, the significance of Matzah, we point Matzah Zoo, and that we were hurried out of Egypt, and we point to the Maror, we'll lift it up, that this is literally a reminder of how they made our lives bitter and miserable in Egypt. We conclude the Magid section with reminding ourselves that in every generation you are to feel as if you personally left Egypt, and therefore we spontaneously break out into the first two paragraphs of Hallel. Hallelujah. We give praise to God. Hallelujah. That we are servants of God. We transferred from being servants to Paro, and now we're servants, or slaves to Paro, now we're servants to God with pride. And uh, secondly, Second paragraph, it says, Yisrael, we sing that God literally took us out of Egypt. And we drink the second cup of wine after the brach of Asher Go'olanu, leaning to the left. Okay, now, let's go. We're about to come to the second biblical mitzvah of the night, eating matzah. Okay, what do you have in front of you? You have two and a half matzahs. Explain what's going to happen before you go wash. And that is as follows. We're going to come back to the table after we've washed this time with a bracha. And we're going to recite, first of all, the bracha of Hamotzi. Good. Then we have, then we put down, you held two and a half matzahs when you made the bracha of Hamotzi, the one leading the Seder. 
or anybody else that has. Uh, and by the way, excuse me, when we said the Haggadah, the matzah should be uncovered. You should see the matzah during the time of the recitation, except follow the Haggadah for those few times whereby we cover the matzahs, v'hisha umda v'chulu. Okay, now, getting back over here. We put down the bottom matzah after we've come back and said hamotzi, and with one and a half in our hands, we make the bracha of al achilas matzah. Before you go to wash, make sure everybody has in front of them a nice size piece of matzah so that you can fulfill the mitzvah of matzah. You're going to eat the matzah leaning to the left. Make sure it's a kezayis or more the matzo that you're going to have. If you're talking about a hand shmura matzo, and ideally you should have shmura matzo. If it's a hand shmura matzo, at least a third of a shmura matzo. If it's a machine shmura matzo, it should be a half of a machine matzo. And we uh, eat the matzo leaning to the left. Don't put any jam on it, don't put any jelly on it, and don't talk while you're eating the matzah. What's in your matzah, my friends? What's in your matzah is, is flour, water, and faith, emuna. That's correct. Matzah is called the bread of faith, and I really believe not only is it a significant reminder to us of the faith that they had in Egypt that they ate it before mid the night before God even killed out the Egyptians showing their faith and they celebrated showing their faith that God would come through for them which he did but I really believe that when we ingest the matzah it's like you've just taken a vitamin F vitamin faith that's correct in other words what gives the Jew all kinds of great courage and faith to continue with any and all adversities, believe it or not, the matzo that you're eating, please God, tomorrow night is going to help you in that regard. Okay, so we've had the matzah, and now we eat maror, ideally romaine lettuce. If you don't have romaine lettuce, and don't tell me grandpa and his grandpa only had horseradish. They didn't have romaine lettuce in those parts of Europe and Russia where grandpa came from and great-grandpa. And therefore, they had no choice. Now, if you really want to continue the family tradition, use romaine lettuce first. Ask Grandpa for permission. Tell him this is what you heard um, on the radio, on the internet, that you should have ideally romaine lettuce because that's the first one listed in the Mishnah and Psachim. And then afterwards, for old Lang Syme, for tradition, have the uh, horseradish afterwards as well. I caution everybody. Doctor friends of mine tell me that Lo'alenu, the um, emergency rooms, are busy on the night of the Pesach Seder with people that, forgive me, overdosed on the Maror. It's a terrible Chil Hashem. After all, Maror is a mitzvah de Rabbanon. I'm not minimizing it, but know yourself. You haven't eaten much because that's the mitzvah to stop eating tomorrow afternoon, probably 4.30, the latest, 5 o'clock. You're not going to eat for at least five hours later. And on an empty stomach, you're going to be eating more. Go easy. 
Once again, the lettuce will not bring you to the emergency room. But, unfortunately, be careful on the horseradish. Okay? And, here we go. After the mora, which you're not going to lean for, we make a bracha ala chilas moror, and we lean for the matzah, as we said. Now we're going to have another reminder of what it was like when we had a besamigdash, matzah and moror together, the way Hillel ate it, and please God, the way we will eat it when we have the third besamigdash. We lean for the korech, okay? And we remember, oy, a little bit of a krechts. It's a sandwich, but... The most important thing, where's the beef, is missing. And someday we will have the bread, which is the matzah, the, the, the meat, which is the korban pesach, and the uh, moror, which is that which accompanies it, your mustard, your ketchup, your uh, flavoring, you know, etc. in that sandwich as well. Okay, shulchan Orech. There's a minog to eat a hard-boiled egg at the beginning of the Seder. Many dip it in salt water. And this is reminding us that the night of Pesach is the same night as Tisha B'Av. The uh, Sfardim do eat roasted meat. On the night of the Pesach Seder, many Sfardim, Ashkenazim, do not why? We don't want to give the impression, and this is what we are waiting for and yearning for, the uh, Korban Pesach, which will be roasted meat. Certainly, fowl, chicken, turkey is uh, not the species from which you brought a Korban Pesach. Different customs in terms of what to eat, you know, on the night of, but we try to stay away from roasted meat in the Ashkenazic community. Shulchan Orech during your shulchan orech, during the meal, understand that it's really a Thanksgiving meal. Talk about this. This is let's tie it into this week's sedra of tzav. We have among the different korbanos the korban toda, the Thanksgiving offering. We're told that four, and it's the easy to remember with the word chayim, the chole, the one who was sick. In Egypt, we were sick, and thank God He healed us. And Yisurim, unfortunately those who had all different kinds of different travails, one was in jail and you know, one was captive, and in Egypt we had terrible travails. Third, those who passed the Yam, the sea, we did so on the seventh day. And finally the Midbar that we went into the desert. So we're giving thanks to Hashem. The meal should ideally, don't talk about politics and don't talk about sports, talk about the privilege of being a Jew. The privilege of performing mitzvos. And after the Shulchan Oroch, after the delicious meal, we have tzofun. The dessert is the afikoman. Now listen carefully. The afikoman really wears two hats. According to the rush, it's a reminder of the korban pesach that was eaten al hasova. Don't be so stuffed that you really have no room for the afikoman. That's questionable. Maybe you would not get the mitzvah at all. So leave room for the afikoman. According to the Rashbam, Rashi's grandson, 
the afikoman is the main mitzvah of matzah, because the afikoman was eaten together with the korban pesach, which was eaten at the end of the meal. We have to eat our matzah at the beginning of the meal because you've got to have a bread at the beginning of the meal, and the matzah is our quote-unquote bread. But it's very important to A, lean to the left when eating the afikoman, a big piece of matzah when you eat the afikoman, and eat it again within the four minutes Again, my friends, you're connecting to the past and you're connecting to the future. After Tzafon, the Afikoman, that which was hidden before, is Baruch. We wash the cup that we're going to be using. You've drank one or two cups from it. Before you pour in the third cup of wine, you wash them. And we're going to recite Birkas Hamazon. Over that third cup, we finish, we make the bracha, bori priagafen. We've now drunk three out of the four cups of wine, leaning to the left. Finally comes Hallel. We literally, um, first of all, open the door, welcome Eliyu Anavi, and we ask Hashem to shvocha to Number one, pour out his wrath against those nations that have still not recognized the Kodesh Baruch Hu. And after that, we sing the Hallel. We started the Seder with the past, Avodim We enjoyed the meal, which is the present. And now we focus on the future, on the future destiny of the Jewish people. And as our rabbis teach us, in this month we were redeemed, in this month we're going to be redeemed in the future, please God. There will be a Mashiach, we will be going home to Eretz Yisrael. Next year, L'Shon Abob Yerushalayim, that's where you're going to be having your Pesach Seder. This is what we are to focus on when we recite the Hallel. And after the Hallel, which is called Hallel HaMitzri, we said that paragraph, the other paragraphs are said afterwards. We sing the Hallel, my friends. Comes the Hallel HaGodol. Hodul Hashem Kitov. Kili Olam The 26 verses of Hallel HaGodol. And we conclude with Birkas Hashir. Be careful, everybody. There are slight differences as to are we concluding with the bracha of Hallel or are we concluding with the bracha of Yishtabach? Try to have the back of the bus go with the front of the bus, meaning we should all be on the same page. And we drink the fourth cup of wine. After that, Allah Gefen, the after bracha for drinking the wine. And after that, we have Nirza. Nirza is we pray to Hashem that He should look upon our Pesach Seder as if we successfully brought a carbon. Literally, it should be Ritzei. Just as the, we conclude the Shemona Esrei with Ritzei, Hashem should be pleased. He should be pleased with our Pesach Seder and the Shana as we will say afterwards. Be Yerushalayim. I know it's late. I'll make it very fast. Two themes to focus on. One, emuna, as we said earlier. And that is reminding ourselves, hurry up, finish before Chatzos, before midnight, 101, because that's what happened in Egypt. 
before midnight, they celebrated even though it didn't happen yet. And we are so sure that it's going to happen to us the same way. Hashem promised us through all the prophets there will be the third base of English, there will be Moshiach, and that's what we are toasting Hashem for tonight. And finally, keep in mind that this was really Yitzhiyas Mitzrayim, just the beginning. What does that mean? We thank God had freedom from being slaves to Paro, but now we took upon ourselves to be servants to HaKadosh Baruch Hu. What misery it was to be a slave to Paro. What a privilege it is to be a servant of HaKadosh Baruch Hu. That's the praise that Moshe Rabbeinu is given. The very book of Joshua begins with the praise of Moshe, who was Ever Hashem. May we be privileged to go on this Pesach from being no longer a slave to the modern-day paros that are all around us, and please God, the privilege of being an Eved to HaKadosh Baruch Hu. I take this opportunity of wishing everybody a good Shabbos, a Chag Kosher Vesameach, and with our families, we should please God celebrate together many, many happy occasions. Be Yerushalayim Habinuyah.